0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to America, the land of junk sleep, where it's bedtime, but you're double booked. Here, there's always one more deadline to meet, episode to watch, or meme to share. The world may not want you to sleep, but we do. Only the sleep experts at Mattress Firm can help you find the right bed at the right price. Unjunk your sleep.
3: Trey Strelko here. Welcome to the Sons of UCF Live, the NFL Draft. It's getting underway right now. Where will our nights go? Coach Malzahn weighs in on possible delays to name, image, and likeness in the state of Florida, and a couple of UCF teams get ready for NCAA tournament action. Let's welcome in the Sons of UCF, Adam and Mike. Guys, you are on the clock.
4: I'm also underdressed, apparently. I didn't I didn't get the memo on uh, the attire for this evening. Although, Mike, I'm going to need my sunglasses back whenever you get a moment. Uh, draft night may be tough. I know if you're out there and you're trying to figure out Suns UCF, draft, Suns UCF, what do I do? Stick with us. We'll keep you updated, and nobody else is going to wear that tie Mike has on. It's draft
0: night, baby. you got to have on your best stuff. I got, I'm ready. I'm ready to meet the commish. I'm going to be picked first round. Second round, where am I going?
3: Uh, you're, you're a number one pick with that outfit.
4: (laughs) Did you already own that tie or is that something you picked up today? I think it was part of a Halloween costume. I sure hope it was.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Well, if there's a power outage down in South Florida, you're still good to go for the hour. Yeah. Hey, I'm the best dressed guy here.
0: I'm ready.
4: The odd thing is that your, your ring light is now glaring into your sunglasses. So there's this weird, like double ring vibe on your sunglasses. It's pretty cool.
0: I can
4: turn it down. Is that any better? Oh, hold on, Brian Peterson, early with a with a is that a is that a slime green tie? Cow uh, tie, Mike.
0: Cow tie? No, I don't think so. Ooh, I don't know. Cow I cow don't go go take this up for a
4: vote. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> all you faithful watchers out there, I need a vote. I need a ruling right now. Does Mike have on a cow? Uh, yeah, Brian Peterson. I need a ruling. Does Mike cow have a work. cow tie on? Yeah, <laughs> I need a ruling soon.
3: All right, guys. Uh, Adam will be monitoring the draft, and uh, we will bring you the picks, the couple of picks that will be made in this first hour. Some UCF news today, uh, some transfer portal news. Uh, Tight end Tony Forrest Jr. entering the transfer portal. Well, you remember him in the quarterback room, quarterback Gaston Moore entering the transfer portal. Two guys I would imagine maybe a little bit lower on the depth chart.
4: Uh, Tony Forrest, we we barely knew you. Listen, this is un, un you know bound to happen. Obviously, guys who got recruited there, uh, you know, new offense, new system. If you're not on the two deep, the three deep, and you don't see a path forward, and you want to play. This makes a ton of sense. This is not going I'm not trying to be funny when I say this. I think Gaston Moore could be a big loss in the sense that he I think he's the signal caller. He's the green shacket, the green, you know, uh uh penny wearing quarterback on the sidelines that signals in the plays. I don't think that's easy. Uh, So that may be a tough thing to replace. Luckily, uh, Malzahn's offense is new, so everyone's learning it new. But don't discount the fact that I'm sure Gaston Moore had a big role in that in the communication to the quarterback. So losing him, obviously, is going to shuffle some stuff around. Um, But, look, these guys want to play. If their opportunity is not here at UCF, I mean, that's what the transfer portal is for. Once a night, always a night. Godspeed.
0: I think I follow UCF football pretty closely. I mean, I do a podcast every week. We do this show every week. I got to be honest, never heard of either of those guys. So I mean, if they're going to get a chance to play somewhere else, then good for them.
3: All right, Mike is weighed in. He does a podcast, doesn't know all the players. No, just <laughs> he's not just, the only one. President. Apparently, yeah. you've heard of these guys before. Yeah. <laughs> I have. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I also do a show every week and try to stay oppressed. Now I'm just kidding. You do a great job. Uh, <laughs> NCAA somebody, somebody asked making it official one-time transfer rule allowing all athletes regardless of their sport, to be immediately eligible at their new school. We saw this coming. It is now official. What do you think the impact will be uh, across the NCAA landscape?
4: Yeah, I've said it before. I feel like this is a win for the, you know, the quote unquote group of five schools, because obviously a lot of talented kids will just see a power five school and go there out of out of high school recognize that once they get there maybe their opportunities aren't as great as they thought and then look for chances to play and then be able to go down to a different institution and get some playing time so i think it's a win for a group of five schools my only concern is just you know there's going to be underhanded recruiting you know usc is going to lose a quarterback for whatever reason and need a starter and start sniffing around at who's the best quarterback at houston or cincinnati or you know Hopefully not, but UCF. And and will you see some of that take place? That's my only concern. I do think it's probably a win overall, though, for the group of five, if you will.
0: We're already benefiting from it. We've seen the guys come over from the big programs, from Auburn, uh, the big cat, and Mark Anthony Richards. Remember, last year, all our big transfers, we had to wait almost halfway through the season, if
3: not more, to even see guys get on the field.
0: So now these guys are eligible right away. I think that's a big plus for us.
3: Has Nebraska finally given uh you know released the, the player that came to us? Has <laughs> that ever officially happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Is he eligible now? Does he get to be released finally? I don't
0: know, man, but it took how long to see um Devon Wilson, right? He appeared to like week eight, week nine. So now we don't have to worry about stuff like that. We get these guys right away. fall Camp, ready to go.
3: Coach Malzahn, or whoever operates his Twitter handle, been busy on Twitter today. Uh, interesting stance taking uh, asking Elon Musk to uh, purchase naming rights for the bounce house, uh, a little photo uh, of the, uh, the bounce house with the SpaceX logo on the side uh, of the marquee. So interesting that UCF lobbying for Elon Musk to, uh, to, to pony up some dollars for naming rights.
4: If you'll grant me the opportunity to take UCF mics, get off my lawn stands here. I, I actually don't love this. I mean, I, I feel like UCF is an attractive program. There's there's a lot to sell about it. You know, if it's a good fun, I get it. But it feels like there's a lot of like, you know, uh, especially when it comes to this particular topic, come sponsor us, come be our stadium sponsor. Just feels a tad needy to me. I hope it's in, in, tongue, in uh, tongue in cheek and good jest, but I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie to you, I don't, I don't love it. I mean, maybe it's a joke and I hope it is, but it feels a little bit um, beneath, I think, what we are as a program. And I think it kind of undercuts your value a little bit, right? When you're sort of begging one guy to take your sponsorship, if he offers us a a million dollars, are we going to turn it down?
0: I mean, it's a million more than what we're getting now. We're getting nothing. But yeah, I, I take it as just throwing it out there. If he bites, he bites. If not, it's just publicity. So it's out there. People are talking about it today and there's no such thing as bad publicity, and Miles on take a shot right now. If it ends up getting us money, great. If not, no big deal. Nothing lost. It's just a tweet.
3: Wait, Bounce, the dryer sheet people, they're not the sponsor for the Bounce House?
0: Mm, I, mean, they I don't be. have
4: any sound effects, Trace. If I had the loser game show sound, you might get it right there, unfortunately.
0: I already <laughs> offered up the lawful Bounce House, but uh, they haven't been on that
3: one yet. I think when it was fan-driven by uh, fans on social media, I think it was one thing. For UCF to weigh in, or Coach Malzahn to weigh in on his Twitter handle, I do think it takes it to a a different level. You know, UCF is always good. Yes.
4: Are you breaking this? He does not run that Twitter account?
3: (laughs) I can't be for sure, but uh, boom, I don't think so.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Maybe that's the breaking news tonight, yeah.
3: Well, throughout this show, we've got some nights in the NFL draft trivia that Adam will be bringing up on screen uh, and uh, play along at home or wherever you're watching. It is, of course, the NFL draft. Uh, You spoke about it on your show. We're going to have opportunity to talk about uh, our nights, uh, what should be uh, a good NFL draft for UCF players by the end of the night, do you think? that we have a night in the NFL possible late first round for a Richie Grant or an Aaron Robinson.
4: On the show, I predicted round two for both of those gentlemen. So I I guess I have to stick to that, but I would not be surprised to see somebody at 29, 30, 31, depending on how the draft breaks. And if you, a lot of DBs are off the board for whatever reason, and you have a need there and and you want to go up and, and make sure you get the guy. I wouldn't be completely shocked But I I do have them to be transparent on our show on Tuesday. I said round two for both those guys.
0: Yeah, it's a possibility. So I've been shocked. Well, not shocked, but surprised before with some of the picks that our guys have gone. I I think Travis Fisher went in, what, the second round? I didn't see that one coming years ago. Uh, Perriman went in the first round. I'm not sure everybody had that. Uh, I I don't expect anybody to go tonight, but it'd be nice. uh, Most likely early tomorrow.
3: And Mike, on your Twitter handle... Giving away another one of those coveted hats.
0: Still time to enter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, go ahead. Uh, the draft is, is started already, I guess. But yeah, go ahead. Um, as long as nobody gets drafted tonight, I'll give you until tomorrow to start if you want. Go ahead and predict which round and which team the, the player will go to. I don't think it's that easy. I mean, you have a one in thirty-two chance. Take a shot. But um, I, I'd, I'd be surprised if anybody got one right.
4: And then one one pick per player. So if you pick Richie Grant round two to Dallas, that's your pick. You don't get to come back tomorrow and go, okay, round three to Washington. You get one, one chance for each player, round, and team. If you nail it, this beautiful hat that I'm pointing to that you probably can't see is all yours.
0: That's right. We've had a few entries already, so people are, have their picks out there. Yeah, you got it. Sometime, If you want to get in on it, go ahead.
4: Speaking of Trace, let's let's you want to get to the first uh, draft uh, or uh, draft UCF trivia question. Sure. I'm curious. Mike has not seen these. So I'm curious if our very um, if, if he can actually see the glare from the screen. Um, who was the first night selected in the NFL draft? So, Mike, do you know for sure? I know. Okay, this do one. not answer then. Do not answer then. Get in the <laughs> comments if you know the answer to these questions. Who was the first night drafted in the NFL A year would be fantastic if you've got that as well. First night drafted into the NFL.
3: In uh, speaking with Jonathan Adams, a guest on the Sons of UCF Live a few weeks back, he, a contributing writer at heavy.com and some freelance writing. What he's hearing and what he speculates is that uh, M. Robinson, Richie Grant, likely to go second round, though he's not going to be surprised if uh, Richie Grant sneaks in late first round for a team that may have him as the highest ranked safety and you've seen that Mel Kuyper and others uh big on Richie Grant
4: yeah I think it's possible right you you know if you're a team in the second round and and your your guy's off the board and you really want Richie and you can move up and it it doesn't cost you too much in that 29 30 28 range you see it happen from, from time to time I mean I'm not comparing it to to this player but was it three years ago? I think Baltimore moved up to 32 to get Lamar Jackson because they didn't want to wait for him the second round. I'm not saying Richie Grant's Lamar Jackson. Don't get me wrong. But you see teams move into that back half of that first round to get their guy that they wanted in the second round. So I think it's a possibility. Again, I personally go second. But um, I, I wouldn't really think out. The draft is a, is a total crapshoot. Every mock draft you've seen out there has no clue what they're talking about. Nobody really does until the pick is called. So I guess, like I said earlier, anything is possible. Second round seems likely, but... You know around uh what 11 30 12 o'clock tonight maybe stay stay by your tv you never know if a night will get called richie's been my
0: pick all along to be the first night off the board i'll stick with that even though i know a lot of people have taken Aaron robinson i'm gonna stick with richie i don't know if it's gonna be tonight maybe tomorrow second round i hope not third round but you never know like adam says it's a crapshoot.
3: the uh question the big question of the week that i asked on twitter setting the over under at three and a half how many UCF Knights are selected in the NFL draft over three and a half, 58% under 42%. I do think we have a good chance, uh, as UCF touted on its social media, of getting three players selected in the top 100 picks.
4: Uh, so I did the math, which wasn't easy because Mike and I did not prepare for the uh, the podcast as well this week in draft coverage. I have one, two, three, four, five, six guys <laughs> getting drafted Mike also has six guys getting drafted. So you can firmly plant us in the over camp on that one. This is
3: the same guys who predict that the team will go 12 and 0 every year.
4: Uh, no, sometimes 13, sometimes 14. No, 14. Trace. Keep 15, up, keep up. Yeah. 15, 15, right? There's a 15. Keep up. Too. You got to keep up. Trace. Yeah. Usually
0: it's 15, but we always plan for that one game to get rained out for of the hurricane. So then sometimes yes. it's 14.
4: It's a math equation. It's fine. Right.
0: Uh, yeah. I, I know I predicted all those guys on the show. If we went four, I'd kind of be surprised. Everybody's saying the three defensive backs for sure. The receivers, I mean, we had a guy on here, Peterson last week that said Jacob Harris is going second round. Uh, I think he's got the best shot of the receivers. Other than that, um, I don't know, hopeful.
3: Jacob Harris has certainly become the most interesting one since his pro day. He's the biggest riser, right? Amongst uh, the UCF players. And, of course, the biggest faller, perhaps Marlon Williams, uh, you have him sneaking in, right? Uh, a late round
4: pick? Yeah, I have him going seventh to Carolina and Baltimore who don't have a pick in the seventh round, so that's awkward. Mike had him going seventh <laughs> as our UCF Knight to become a Jaguar, our annual tradition around here. Uh, so Mike has him coming up here to the Jacksonville area with the Jaguars. So we both have him sneaking in towards the uh, the later end of the draft there.
3: Gotcha. Uh, no answers yet. Uh, no successful answers on our, this is, I don't know. This no. is a, a challenging question.
4: No, but David Reed thinks Trey Nixon's better. So we've got that going for us.
3: Trey Nixon is better than Marlon Williams or Jacob Harris. or. I assume both. I guess both.
4: I mean, David, both, I assume, right? I mean, <laughs> and, and to be fair, we both have Trey. Mike has Trey seventh. I have Trey sixth. So I think we both think Trey may sneak into the draft. Um, and he, he's like, not that you don't root for any of these guys, but he's a guy that you root for. I mean, he was on our show, uh, you know, what, what, almost eight weeks ago, Mike, and just said, just give me a chance. Somebody give me a chance and you won't regret it. Um, it's, it's hard not to root for a guy like Trey Nixon.
0: All these guys we've had on the show now, all, all the receivers came on with us and it's hard not to root for them. And, but I, like Trey told us that day, sometimes you're better off not, not getting drafted. And you can find yourself in a better spot as an undrafted free agent. You sign with the team you want, the better situation for you. Uh, The money is almost the same when you're talking seventh round and and free agent. So as long as the guys end up in the best spot for them for their careers, that's what the most important thing is.
3: Of the eight UCF Knights that uh, are under consideration in this NFL draft, have you spoken to each of them on the Sons of UCF?
4: Richie Grant and Aaron Robinson have proven to be uh, elusive in the interview game, but the other gentlemen on the list, yes, including Tay Gowan, We had on our pregame show that day, Trace. Uh, So we we spoke to Tay then and, uh, and that's it. We do have some questions, some answers rolling in here for the the trivia question. First night taken cost advisor gets in there with Elgin Davis. And then Jason gets in with Bobby Spatulski. Mike, you, you seem to know the answer here. So, Reveal for the audience, the first night drafted was? Ted Oops. Wilson. Ted Wilson, Whoa. 1987 to the Washington Now football team, uh, was our first UCF night drafted. Congratulations, UCF Mike. You people need to stop letting Mike win things. It's just bad for the show morale overall. He owns got, 72 I, I, hats. That's what he owns. <laughs> he's, he's got every hat. And no shirts, which is fantastic. No shirt that high and 70 hats. It's fantastic. <laughs>
0: I've won the of, uh, college pick 'em. I've won the, the 5K. I'm winning the trivia. Where's Morazzo? I figured Chris Morazzo would get in on this trivia thing. He usually dominates us. Uh,
3: a couple of other notes before we shift gears and go to our interview guest. Congratulations to UCF's cheerleading team. They finished number two in the National Cheerleading Championships. We will not mention uh, which school finished first, but it was not UCF. Women's golf. Uh, number nine seed at the Louisville region in the NCAA tournament. Uh, UCF is one of 18 schools that will be in that region, hosted by the University of Louisville. Uh, UCF football traveling to Louisville later this year. That begins uh, Monday, May 10th. And uh, big week for tennis. We have two men's and women's tennis in the top ten. Uh, women's tennis number eight. They beat Tulsa to win the AAC championship. That is back-to-back AAC championships for women's tennis and men's tennis. Number nine now, they beat the Cows for their first AAC championship. The selection show for the NCAA tournament uh, will be coming uh, May 3rd, uh, and that will be viewed on NCAA.com. Another trivia question, Jacksonville is on the clock. They have seven minutes to go. They have not yet made their selection. Hmm, who could it be
4: nonetheless? If, If people don't get this one correct... I'm not sure. Mike is going to drive to your house and take your shirt off on your front lawn. If you don't get this one right, everybody highest draft position for a UCF night in school history goes to goes to who we will give you like 40 seconds to answer this question. But to trace this point, six minutes on the clock for Jacksonville. They're showing a lot of Trevor Lawrence highlights. I'll let you draw the uh, draw the parallel there.
0: Yeah, you, you kind of had to know UCF history for the first question. This one, you don't have to go too far back. Uh, it should be a pretty easy one. Maybe, maybe you just have a brain fart. It's the only excuse, but uh, everybody should get that one. Is that
4: a, Mario, is that a
3: possible answer there?
4: We got, we got boats from Jason. We got a, what looks like a boat emoji. David Reed insulting our intelligence with a duh. And <laughs> Trace, our next guest, who is actually waiting in the green room right now, also gets in with his, uh, his answer as well.
3: All right, before we bring him in and transition to that subject, name, image, and likeness. Wednesday night, uh, a charter school bill in the Florida legislature passed with two late sports-related amendments. One, the very controversial transgender athlete bill uh, banning them from participating in women's sports in high school and college. Uh, The one, though, that affects our next guest is uh, that would change the date of the new name, image, and likeness law from July 1, 2021 to July 1, 2022, a possible delay of a year. Coach Malzahn, again, who active on Twitter today, quote, NIL changes are coming in the very near future. Here at UCF, we will continue to help our student athletes in building their personal brands and capitalizing on their opportunities. We are hopeful uh, that the uh, state's original plan will track in implementing these changes. So Coach Malzahn weighing in on that, as have the head coaches at Florida, Florida State, and Miami, and student athletes across the state. So let's talk about this with our guests. Louis Pardillo, a UCF alum, class of 2004. We've been going back and forth a lot, uh, direct messaging about this topic and my how things have changed. He is CEO and co-founder of Dreamfield, and it was supposed to be an easy setup, Louis. Explain name, image, and likeness to us, which I still ask that you do, and talk to us about the impact of what Florida lawmakers did on Wednesday night.
2: Yeah, hey, um, Good evening guys. i um, really happy to be talking about name, image, and likeness. So, you know, pretty simple way to explain it. It's, it's essentially an athlete's right to, uh, to use their name, image, and likeness to generate revenue for themselves. So, uh, I mean, it could be anything from generating ad revenue on YouTube to, uh, doing live events, which is what our platform is supporting. And, uh, like you said, a lot has changed in the last 24 hours. I gotta apologize. I'm running on two hours of sleep. <laughs> it's uh, I was up till about four in the morning uh, working with media and uh, folks in Florida government to uh,
3: see what we could do to prevent this uh, this change from happening. Well, in short, it came out of left field, right? It got all lumped in together at the last moment. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, there was. There were
2: rumors uh, for about last month or two that there was a push to delay name, image, and likeness. A lot of it stems from the fact that the Department of Education is responsible for uh, for enforcing name, image, and likeness laws. And due to COVID, um, they were they were really tied up in regards to getting kids back in school. So there wasn't a lot of focus on on getting ready for name, image, and likeness come July 1st. So that's sort of the behind the scenes of of why there was a push for it. But in regards to it being thrown in there um, at the last minute, that was a complete shock to everyone.
4: Lewis, I read something in SI.com today uh, that essentially talks about the, the Florida decision. And one of the uh, one of the guys, Travis Hudson, essentially is quoted as saying that the reason that, that this delay will take place essentially is that they're waiting for the NCAA to eventually, essentially state that there will be no penalties for student athletes who take advantage of this stuff. What role does the NCAA play in this? Obviously, certain states are making decisions, but what role does the NCAA play in all this?
2: So, yeah, I mean, look... It's it's ridiculous. That was an absurd statement to say because it, that does not come as a surprise. That was the whole point of the bill last year being passed, which he voted for, by the way. Uh, so he acts as if it was some sort of uh, unknown surprise that the NCAA could potentially uh, go after student-athletes. Uh, what, what people need to keep in mind is, A, Participating in in the free market is not illegal. It's an NCAA bylaw, which the universities themselves decide and have voted to enforce. However, state law supersedes uh, whatever it is, as far as the NCAA is trying to enforce. So, you know, I don't buy it. Most people don't buy it. it. It just, it doesn't hold water.
3: Anytime
0: something like this goes down, I always ask myself the same question right away. Follow the money, right? We know the players didn't want this. We know the coaches didn't want it. Who stands to benefit from this being pushed down another year?
2: You know, that's the million-dollar question. Um, it, it comes down to not just money but control. Uh, this is a $19 billion industry, uh, the college athletics world. And uh, right now the power centralized, you know, from the top at the NCAA and, of course, with the institutions, whether it's TV contracts, merchandising, whatever it may be. Uh, once you open name, image, and likeness, you decentralize power, which is the whole aspect of, of, of the spirit of the law. And, uh, I, I mean, whether it comes to EA sports, uh, licensing or where the athletes themselves are getting paid, that's, that's less money going to the NCAA and which of course then trickles down to the schools, uh, whether it's merchandising, uh, splitting royalties on jerseys with names, uh. It, it, it's definitely a potential loss of revenue. You also have um, companies that may be less likely to sponsor a school and, and reallocate marketing dollars to an individual athlete. So, yeah, I mean, you know, all signs point that you know this this comes
3: to the you know to the top of the NCAA. So Florida has tapped the brakes, but other states continue to move forward. Do you expect there to be any sort of trickle-down impact on those other states, or is Florida now possibly going to lag behind?
2: Well, one thing to keep in mind, it's not a done deal yet in the state of Florida. There's a big push. Um, My organization, of course, is is part of that, to uh, encourage uh, Governor DeSantis to veto this bill. So, But in regards to other states, I would like to say no, but this also came out of left field. So who knows Uh, if they got to, you know, if the NCAA got to one of one of our um, one of our state senators that voted in favor of this a year ago. um, Who's to say that they can't get to someone in Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, South Carolina, by the way, passed passed a bill um, this morning, which nobody seemed to care about because Florida kind of uh, took over the news cycle there. Uh, but I mean, you got New Mexico, you got Arizona, it, it sort of the the trains left the station in, in order for them to wrangle it all back. Uh, it's going to take a, a real big effort nationwide. All it takes is one state uh, to be uh, open and live for NIL to create an unfair advantage. So, you know, we'll see July 1st.
4: Here in Florida, we saw a strong reaction from many of the, uh, the college football coaches, Gus Malzahn, Mike Norvell, Manny Diaz, uh, Dan Mullen. What did you make of, of their reaction, and, and how much impact do you think that the voices that they carry will have on maybe, to your point, the, the potential veto for this bill going forward?
2: Yeah, no, I, I would actually even uh, go a step back. Um, you know, to me, it started with Mackenzie Milton, uh, obviously former UCF great um, leading the charge on behalf of the, the players. Uh, you also saw tight end from Florida State. I believe his name is Cam McDonald who uh, really jumped in. And then uh, De'Aaron King from Miami uh, was a big voice. Uh, you know, that generated the new cycle. That got momentum going. But once Manny Diaz uh, this afternoon uh, weighed in – and by the way, it, it wasn't just that he weighed in. If, if you actually read his statement, it was extremely strong. And it, it – um, he tagged the governor in the, in that post. Um, I think that really created that chain effect where, you know, Norvell had no choice, but to jump in. And then of course, Dan Mullen uh, followed. I, I'll be honest. I was extremely disappointed with Gus Malzon's lateness to the game. I think he missed an opportunity. And then his statement, in my opinion, was extremely weak. Uh, that's not uh, to say I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not excited for him to be UCF's coach, but I felt his statement was extremely weak and late. So, yeah, that's my take on it. A flat tire on the Gus bus. Oh, I hate to hear that. <laughs> I, look, I'm rooting for him. I, I'm excited uh, to see him coach here for ten years. I just, I just think he could have, he could have done a lot more. Terry Terry Mahajer's statement was even weaker uh, than than his. Um, uh, Andre Adelson did a ESPN article that came out this afternoon and. His statement um, was—I'm just going to say—pathetic. It was—it was was really bad. So um, I I think we could do better, especially two weeks ago during the spring game when they came out strong for NIL. I I don't know what they were thinking today. Maybe uh, Trace, you're right. Maybe he's not running the uh, the the Twitter account and and he didn't put those words out. But I I think we could have done a lot better.
3: Did Did it sound like (laughs) Gus? Did it sound like him? Did it sound like the Gus we've come to know?
2: I still don't know him yet.
3: You know, I mean, he's still new to me. So um,
2: I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it, it's too early. If it was Danny White or Hypel or Frost, I probably would have had a better uh, better pulse on that. But uh, I'm just hoping it wasn't it was it wasn't his words.
0: Is there anything that actually can be done to change this? I mean, is it going to take a player boycott? What, what actually has to happen? I, I'm just tweeting at the governor. I don't know if that's
2: going to get anything done. I mean, look, the governor has uh, stuck his neck out uh, for being the first mover in the space. Um, I, I can't see him not vetoing it and and not looking bad. Uh, I mean, he is, he is time and time again touted um, being, you know, first and, and, you know, basically claiming the NCAA is, is a cabal, um, which I don't disagree with. Um So I can't see him not vetoing it, but I know that obviously politics at play is a lot more complicated than that. So um, I just think he, he's going to look bad if he doesn't veto this or doesn't get them to, you know, take it back and adjust it.
3: Let's talk about Dreamfield. What is it? How does it work? And this isn't just about football players.
2: That's correct. Uh, Dreamfield is a two-way marketplace that connects student athletes with enterprise customers, so businesses, organizations, nonprofits, uh, for the opportunities in live events. Uh, So it's a live event booking uh, platform. Uh, The way it works is athletes create profiles no different than social media. There's no cost to sign up. Uh, Likewise with businesses, there's absolutely no cost to sign up. Uh, We properly vet businesses. Uh, We verify that they're properly insured. We verify that they are active businesses in their state and, uh, you know, federal EIN, all, all of that. Um, our focus is safety and compliance. So, you know, from A to Z, everything's done seamlessly in the platform. Uh, business would send a request to an athlete um, to, for whether it's an autograph session or it's, it's a meet and greet photo op. Um, our platform will support it. Um, key things to, to note is the athletes dictate their price. Uh, there's no opportunity to negotiate down an athlete Um, we do that purposefully the way the law is written um, talks about athletes being paid market rate Uh, it's it's a kind of a vague statement um, but our 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 take on that is uh, taking the power out of the hands of the uh, the entities to negotiate up or down rates so um, we handle everything in-house whether it's uh, collecting and remitting sales tax, um, the legal contracts that are generated through the platform. We even handle compliance for uh, on behalf of the student athlete. Um, by that, we send copies of the contracts to the compliance office on their behalf. We um, we verify if there's any conflicts with uh, current uh, current agreements with the schools. We can uh, vet those out so that athletes don't get themselves in a in an agreement that that violates, uh, existing contracts. Um, so we, we just try to handle everything for the student athletes so they can focus on their studies, focus on performance, um, on the field.
4: What do you think of their practical applications for student athletes? Do, do you see them endorsing products, do, you know, autograph sessions? Do you see them wearing brand names, creating their own brands? Have you mm-hmm. guys done research to kind of understand what do you think the practical application of, of NIL will be for m- many athletes?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, the market's huge, uh, whether it's it's merchandising, which in speaking to athletes, uh, that that seems to be a popular route. We we see it with Dylan Gabriel with DG, the brand. Um, You know, that's an example of merchandising. Uh, Live events, I I think, is a great opportunity for a lot of athletes, not just tier one, but, um, you know, connecting small businesses with opportunities uh, to, uh, you know, to endorse local businesses. Of course, there's social media influencing, which is going to be a big um you know a big piece of this this pie uh i actually spoke to a company today based out of boston and they're uh they're a platform allowing athletes to sell um merchandise whether it's shoes or jerseys that are I, i'm assuming that they they own they have to own it it's not school property um, but they could sell worn jerseys things like that so i think there's gonna be a ton of opportunities um, and, you know, I think a lot of people tend to lump all NIL platforms together. But uh, in speaking to a lot of companies, there's a ton of avenues. Uh, and then, you know, there's the age old question, you know, does this only help that 5% of athletes that are name brands? And, you know, we saw it here with Donald Delahaye. He's the backup kicker. The guy made a fortune off of his YouTube channel. So I think there's opportunities for a lot. They just have to find whatever their niche is.
4: A quick follow-up: how, how does that impact existing brand relationships that schools have? Right. So UCF is a Nike school. If Dylan Gabriel wants to take a a photo opportunity with Skechers, are, are there regulations like that that will sort of impact what the what the athletes can do?
2: It, it, there are. um It's all about the details of the contract. um From my vantage point, where it's tricky is the athlete never agreed in principle to any of those team contracts. So will it hold up in court? That's going to be. Probably the next big fight uh, down the road. Uh, take um, Carl Black Chevrolet, right? Um, I'm sure there's some sort of uh, language in the contract where uh, an athlete can't go out and support another Chevrolet dealership. Uh, I think it's gonna. I think that's gonna be the next legal battle because no athlete chose to get into into that agreement they're not getting compensated either for that agreement so uh i I think you bring up a a point that's going to be contested in the in the near future how much competition
0: is there for you guys are there a lot of companies doing what you guys do or what sets you guys apart from the other ones
2: yeah so I, i think there's a there's a good 15 to 20 players in space to start uh as i mentioned not all parties are are doing the same activity. So you, you have social media influencing, you got live events, which is what we're focused on. Um, in regards to live events, from what I've gathered, and it's it, it's a little bit of a search because keeping in mind that the industry is not open yet. So who knows who's, who's lurking out there, uh, who, who's maybe holding back from advertising or just who, who we, ha- we haven't discovered yet. Um, I've identified two other companies in this space um, that, are, that are going after live events. In regards to what separates us, that's also going to be a hard uh, play just because no one's operating. Uh, What I can tell you is that the level of detail that we're focused on in our contracts and in our operational model, as well as our financial model, um, I I feel that we're best positioned to to really help the athletes keep as much money in their pocket as possible and then keep them safe from uh, a liability standpoint, uh, which is going to be extremely important.
3: So, what's it going to take to get an athlete at the sons of U.C. a tailgate party before a football game? It can be any sport. Why don't you walk us through that process, Adam? Mike, you may be interested.
2: <laughs> so, to start, um, day one, our product is going to serve uh, enterprise-based companies. So, um, the reason for that is, you know, and I'll say it time and time again: safety. Uh, we want to make sure that an athlete is going to an event that's not only safe um in regards to the people there security whatever it may be but um from an insurance standpoint if something goes wrong you know who's liable Um, god forbid you know there's there's an altercation at an event and, and someone gets you know their ankle sprint. uh is there a general liability insurance at the facility to cover it so in regards to the tailgate um obviously it's school property you know, the, the, who's doing the, uh, the contract on behalf of, uh, you know, the, the client. So we're looking into ways to, to bring in individuals um, into this space. We're not there yet. We just want to make sure we do it right. So day one, it won't be allowed, but um, hopefully in the near future, we'll find a solution.
4: All right, let's get to the important question. Uh, you see what our guy UCF Mike is working with right now. What kind of branding opportunities do you think we can get, Mike? Because uh, he's got a good look working. Our friend Mario has actually submitted this as an option for Mike. Um, I don't know if you guys see the similarities there. Uh, what kind of branding opportunities do you think Mike could uh, could attract in the uh, the Dreamfield database?
2: Well, you know, I, I think we could connect him with that chocolate factory at Citywalk. Um, maybe do some sort of cross promotion event there. You do some autographs, um, get them on stilt walkers or something. But, um, besides that, you know, we'll, we'll work together. We'll figure it out.
4: We'll we'll call you 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 after the
0: show. If somebody wanted to hire me to go show up at the tailgate. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh Oh boy. (laughs) Let's get get
3: to the brand. (laughs)
2: Well, we are supporting only college athletes, and and that's everything from NCAA, NAIA, JUCO, uh, HBCUs. Uh, But maybe we'll get you a walk-on opportunity and then get you signed up. So uh, we could do something like that.
3: All right. All right. Well, let us wrap up with this. Uh, What the Florida lawmakers uh, did on Wednesday, Uh, a punch to the gut, but you don't think it's over what do you think are the next steps? We're a ways away from July one. The best case scenario, uh, we get a, a veto from
2: uh, from Governor DeSantis. That would be best case. Second best case, um, the NCAA decides to finally uh, do something about it and uh, and you know open this up all fifty states. Worst case scenario, uh, as a company, we we start operating in. Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, Arkansas, New Mexico, and any other state that's open, and then we just wait for Florida. But uh, that's not what we want. Uh, we're Floridians, uh, at least two out of the three of us, uh, as an ownership group. And, uh, you know, we base this company to, to really focus on Florida and then spread out from there. So uh, we're going to have to see.
3: Well, keep us posted, Lewis, uh, alum, CEO, co-founder of Dreamfield. You see on your screen at Dreamfield CEO, you can follow the latest on this issue on Lewis's Twitter account. Lewis, we appreciate it. Get some sleep. Will you try? <laughs> yeah, I need it. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Go nights. Nice. Charge on. Charge on. Boy, that whole story blew up in a big way on Wednesday night. And, uh, uh, I, I don't think you're stopping this issue. It's taken off in other states. It's just a matter of time. Right.
4: Yeah. I mean, obviously, the, the reaction, I think, if you're a UCF fan, you saw the, if you followed Mackenzie Milton, he had a, a really strong reaction. I think there was like a five, six, seven tweet barrage um, tagging different legislators, tagging different individuals and asking them to intervene. Probably the most vocal we've seen KZ in this kind of setting. Um and obviously the coaches followed suit as well. So certainly an issue that has got the attention of the of coaches and athletes. And, and you know one of the things Florida was trumpeting was the fact that you could come here and a year earlier than others begin to profit off your name, image, and likeness. Uh, so uh, obviously a big hit if if that maybe takes a, a backseat or maybe it's not a big hit. I, I guess it's it's probably too early to tell on all that stuff.
0: You can tell for a guy like KZ, this is his one last year in college football to capitalize on this. I'd be very upset if I was him, too. But you know, with something like this, so much money involved, it wasn't going to go smoothly. The, the, the NCAA doesn't look like they're prepared for it. They don't. There's still too many rules that they have to get sorted out, like Lewis was just saying. There's a lot of things that are in a gray area right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if you saw this happen in other states, too.
3: NFL draft continuing. Pick three: Trey Lance, North Dakota State, going to San Francisco. Uh, that follows Zach Wilson to the Jets and Trevor Lawrence to the Jags. We know a little bit about Zach Wilson, don't we?
4: I blocked out for that game, Trace. Mike, absolutely <laughs> blocked out for that game. But Trey Lance is the first kind of surprise, right? This was the "quote unquote" Mac Jones pick. I think that was the you know prevailing theory that the Niners would go Mac Jones. So where this uh, ends up going forward, who knows? But probably the first quote unquote semi surprise. You heard his name up here. You heard Justin Fields name as well. Uh, so they go, uh, they go a tray over Mac Jones. So we'll see how that works out.
0: I think Mac Jones is always a smoke screen. Now you're going to see if other teams are interested in trading up for, um, the Ohio state quarterback and, and Mac Jones. We'll see. It's going to get a little more interesting now in the next couple rounds. Um, uh, I'll just figure out who gets picked later, I guess. I'm
4: not really watching. <laughs> Mike, stay tuned to the Sons of UCF live. We'll update you right here. Can you, can <laughs> yeah, you see that's the screen?
0: Yeah. That's, can yeah, you I'm... see
4: how, how many fingers do I have up? Two. All right.
0: Yeah, no, I can, that's how I'm getting my picks right now. I don't have any other screens going on. so.
4: Time for another trivia
3: question. Question. Let's three, go, Trace. This have? one
4: is a, uh, there's a lot of layers to this question. Uh, so we'll take uh, both year. And if you know, players, uh, we have that listed as well. What is the record for number of players drafted? So which draft year had the most UCF guys drafted? And can you name those players? A multi-layered question here, Mike. Not sure if this is hat-worthy, but do you have? Do you know the answer, Mike?
0: I was actually going to ask you guys this earlier in the show. I don't know the answer. Um, if I had to guess, I'd say the record is three or four. Probably three. Okay. But I don't know the year. I don't know the players. If you told me the year, I could probably take a shot at the players.
3: Well, we'll see what answers we get before we give you that (laughs) uh, that shot. Number 18, men's soccer against number 17, James Madison. James Madison, uh, Mike, do you remember their mascots?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I told you it was the Fighting John Waynes, the
3: the Dukes. That's correct. They
0: wear purple. They're in the Colonial Conference. And uh, Duke Dog is in Alaska.
3: Yes, uh, that's Sunday, May 2nd, 5 o'clock. Checked with the uh, sports information director, Kenny Landis, and still no word on whether there will be any sort of television for this or streaming Uh, not yet made available. Seems like something that they perhaps should focus on. Uh, Should be a tight one. Hopefully, UCF can advance in this, Uh, that match on, on Thursday. Any answers yet? Any answers yet to this trivia question? The number, to me, is the easier one. The players is the challenging.
4: Yeah, the comments are dry right now. Lonely Bumblebee thinks, uh, Mario again, thinks maybe Mike could be a part of a beer factory giveaway, though, for his uh, his potential uh, name, image, and likeness uh, tour. But nobody venturing to guess the number. So... The
0: stat of the day for me, I was looking at this the uh, show sheet here. You're telling me James Madison only allowed two goals the entire season? Is that right? Shortened shortened season, but still impressive. Bill, how many games did they play?
3: Um, uh, Darn. <laughs> I don't know that one. Didn't write that I, one down.
4: I want to say it was like eight, seven or eight, somewhere in that ballpark. And only two goals. I mean, gee, should we score one? We, we better hold on to that lead, right? James Madison, five, zero, and three on the year. So eight was eight. correct. Look at that. Look at those notes. Look at those notes. notes. <laughs> at those at those notes. notes. A, a whole ream of paper of notes. I got a whole yellow <laughs> pad. When you when you work with Mike, you have to write it all down in advance because you don't know what you're going to get. So you just start writing random things down. What street corner, you know, the UCF libraries on, how many presidents we've had, you know, what size shoe John hit war. You got to write it all down because you never know what Mike's going to ask.
3: Well,
0: they always gave up two goals, but they tied three games. So it doesn't sound like they scored too many goals either.
3: You, I don't think you're going to say this is a one goal can win it for you. It might go to PKs with zero zero, right? That kind of that kind of game.
4: Yeah, feels like a weird math problem might just worked out there. But let's uh, no one's getting in the answer, Trace. I'm getting frustrated here. So let's give people the answer. Mike, it's four, and that's 2003. You see uh, the particulars. On the list there, uh, Asante Samuel, Doug Gabriel, Mike Mabry, Elton Patterson. 2018 was Mike Hughes, Traquan Smith, Jordan Aikens, and Shaquem Griffin. Mario got in there. He tried to get three. Jason Souza may have gotten in under the gun there with a four uh, a four answer there. He may have we'll uh, give it to him. been the winner. Yeah, may have been the winner or good Googling. I'm not sure. I'm not trying to do an integrity check on you there, Jason, but uh, he may be the winner on that one.
0: We don't think that record is going to get broken this year. Right? Everybody's thinking four. You do. <laughs> you <laughs> think there are going to be six guys. <laughs> what I say on the show and what I actually think
3: may uh, maybe two different things. I can confirm. So there's a different, mic like, in the recorded version versus the live version. They think differently.
4: There's things I
0: can't say on, on the uh, recorded show.
4: Sorry, I had a family member just walk into the studio here. And by studio, I mean my room here. So uh,
3: That's that's a live show for you. The Atlanta Falcons pick is in. Top three picks in the NFL draft are quarterbacks. Kyle no Pitts. mention yet of a trade here. No mention yet of a trade. Moving on, softball uh, this weekend at Ole Miss. Uh, UCF uh, at 34-12-1. They swept Memphis. Memphis, Horrible, at least, in softball. UCF 13-6-1 now. All right, let's uh, pause while the uh, the Falcons pick, and then I think you have another trivia question that you can throw up uh, as we await. Sure, so I got a lot of
4: trivia questions. I mean, we're going to have to filibuster here because I feel like Mike Greenberg is taking too long to talk here. So here Kyle Pitts, what year were no Knights drafted beginning in 2006? There was one year no Knights went, uh, went in the draft.
3: I really liked this question. Before 2006, there were multiple years where there were no nights. So I just went back to that.
4: Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Here comes Roger Goodell to the podium, by the way, uh, while you all ponder that. It's actually an easy one if you think about the year that we probably wouldn't yeah, have had the true. best representation from a draft standpoint. Um, but I don't want to give away the uh, the answer. Mike, do you have any guesses?
0: I mean, when you put it that way, I'd have to say 2011. My second guess would be 2008. But uh, those are
3: the two down years. Only two uh, down years. 2016. 2016.
4: There you go. That 2016 good. is the answer. No, uh, no picks. Uh, Jason Souza was in for 20, uh, 2003. Kyle Pitts does indeed go to uh, the Atlanta Falcons at the fourth pick, Mike. So you have nailed it again, my friend. Exactly.
3: exactly. Wearing the uh, Green Bay Packers inspired suit, uh, a green suit. Is what yeah, has anybody
0: dressed as good as me so far that has been on the stage?
3: No one dressed no. as well as you in these squares. Uh, you win the uh, title for tonight.
4: It is, it is true. Uh,
3: Mel, another mention on softball: Jada Cody, the AC player of the week. Uh, as we roll along, baseball. As you talked about Monday, uh, they uh, you wanna you wanted to try and get a split at number seven, then number seven ECU. They get that split. So it's just right. It's been a funny season. They, they get a split at Cincinnati. That's not what you want, but the split at ECU is good. Sets them up now at nine and seven in the AAC. Still under 500, 19 and 21 overall, but a big jump in the RPI when you take two in Greenville. And uh, I mentioned Memphis, not good in softball, not good in baseball either. Two and 14 in the AAC, 12 and 26 overall. At least three out of four, right? If not all four.
4: The last two weeks on this show, we have told UCF baseball what we needed them to do, and they did it. We told them they had to win the series against the cows, and they did it. We told them they had to at least get a split against ECU. They did it. I'm declaring right now I need a sweep against Memphis.
0: If there's any series left that you think a sweep is very possible, this is the one. And it's getting late now. The, the American itself looks like I see projections. There are only two teams making the tournament. If we want to be in their second or third team, we got to start making that push now, and it starts with a sweep against Memphis. Uh, let's get it going. The team now is starting to play better the last few weeks. Uh, we pick it up here, and then with a strong finish and a strong showing in the conference tournament, uh, we still got a shot.
3: Doubleheader Friday, game Saturday, game Sunday. I check with the baseball SID A little bit before going on the show to check in on pitcher Colton Gordon, and uh, SID says he is not listed in the starting four on the rotation for this weekend, and uh, reason not given. Uh, Colton Gordon did not pitch at ECU either, so you wonder what's going on with him. Uh, He may not make an appearance this weekend against Memphis. No excuses.
4: No excuses. We need a sweep, Trace.
3: I'm with you. I'm with you. That's All right, another process. trivia question. Another trivia question. I don't, want,
4: I don't want to have to send Mike to somebody's house to to get angry with them. All right, here we go. Uh, if anyone gets this question, Mike, is this hat worthy? If anyone can get this number on the right on the noggin there. Now the problem is Google exists, so we may have some uh, some keyboard uh, searching there. How many knights have been selected in the NFL draft? Is this hat worthy, Mike? So
3: 1987. Through
4: 2020. I don't know if i want to give a hat like you said. anybody right. can Google it right
3: now.
4: Right. Okay, integrity check. No, no good. Well, then, do you have the answer, Mike? Do you want to venture a guess here?
0: I'll throw out a, a random number: of 46.
4: 46 good. nights. Okay. I'm
3: gonna tell you uh, too high. Too high. Too high. 31.
4: Mario is in there at 27. Mario, a little too low, buddy. You already got a hat, though. You look great in it, by the way. I haven't seen a picture with you with you wearing it, so I'm not.
3: I liked. Who was it that did the hat reveal with music uh, on his Twitter page? That was Barry, Barry Addict,
4: the, right? Barry Addict, yeah. Real name Sebastian. Uh, Barry Addict was the guy.
3: Did you send that off at Barry Addict, or you used the real name on the box?
4: No,
0: I had his real name. And there was actually more packaging. He had already opened it. You can tell he had already cut the box open. But was, I, oh, I packed okay. that thing in with some... Uh, Bubble wrapping. so giving away the secret. That's right. (laughs) I make sure the hats get there in perfect
4: condition. Ladies and gentlemen, already a hat winner, Paul Jones in with 34, which is the correct answer. And speaking of Paul
0: Jones, he sent me a very nice thank you card the other day for his hat. I, I never got to say you're welcome. So, Paul, now that you're watching, you're welcome. I was happy to send it to you.
3: That's nice. That's nice, guys. You know, I was uh, very happy to listen to the Sons of UCF episode number 130 because it appears that we have located Jeff Godfrey.
4: The Yeah, our long national nightmare is over. Listen, Mike and I debated this for a while. So pulling the curtain back for a moment, we have done 130 episodes of the Suns UCF. Episode 97 and above are currently available for you to download. And for all those who have, we appreciate you. We have a whole lot of shows that were available that are no longer available on the Internet for reasons I'm not going to get into right here. However, no, go of into- those shows... Of those shows, we have, I actually might. Uh, Of those shows, we have some great interviews that we have conducted over time. And our fear is that one of two things either A, as an early show, maybe you didn't know about us, you weren't listening to us, which is totally understandable, or B, you listened so far ago, you forgot what the interview was about. And there's so many good stories in these interviews, so, so much good content but we don't want it to go to waste we know people have been asking about the old show so we're going to try to figure out a way to work some of these old interviews back into the mix this was the start of that for jeff godfrey here he appeared in episode 21 making his reappearance here in episode 130 um we've had a lot of guys tell uh, george o'leary stories i'm not sure anybody has told any better gol stories than jeff godfrey if you haven't heard it before It's a must listen. If you have heard it before, it's a must listen. Either way, you know what you must do? Listen.
0: (laughs) I listened to it again this week. I hadn't heard it since we did it probably two years ago. And it was great. Jeff was great. He had a lot of great stories about Coach and his time there. And we discussed um, the big three position changes. He was number one on my list going from quarterback to receiver. Just a playmaker all over the field, scoring touchdowns every way you can think, running, throwing, receiving. He even went back to return a couple punts. Uh, I loved him. He was one of my favorite players while he was there, and I'm glad we got a chance to talk to him. And he was the first one ever, and he started us on this journey that we have gone through now with all these interviews. Uh, I-, I love Jeff, and hopefully we'll get him on here again. So he- and he won't go- be missing for so long.
4: Trace, can we get your vote on? Uh, we did big three position switches. Um, I had Shakim number one. Mike, I think, called that a technicality. He had Godfrey number one. Do you have any uh, affinity for either list of the big three position switches?
3: I, I like the Godfrey one, to be honest with you. And I'm wondering if George O'Leary were to pop on the show, would he refer to you, Mike, as Ace?
4: Ace. Let's now. bring him in right now. Just, you know, just kidding. <laughs> I could only be so lucky if he'd call me Ace. I'm lucky I don't know he what he'd he call you problem. right now. He would call you something right now. I don't think we can air on live on the internet. (laughs) So you did 20 shows
3: before you did an interview.
4: There's a technicality here. Uh, I haven't brought this up before. I'd have to do the research. I want to say it was episode like six, maybe seven. I had a very wispy interview with uh, Garrett Kruzek who was in the mountains of North Carolina, whose audio was not very fantastic. Um, it was just me at that point. Mike was not available or I didn't call him. I'm not sure how that worked out. It was probably like a 10, 15 minute conversation. He might technically be the first interview, but we don't really count that. I love you to death, by the way, Garrett. Not that you're listening, but if you were, we still love you. Uh, but we, we count Jeff Godfrey as our, as our first interview at episode 21. Originally, the
0: names of the show was supposed to be Sons of Mike Krusick, right? And that's how it you was. got in touch with Jerry because he was like, "What it are you was. talking about? Does my dad have more kids?" Um.
4: It was. Uh, it was awkward. <laughs> yes, it's awkward to explain that. But Trace, if I, I unscripted, if I if I could, I'd like to take a moment for one other thing here, if you don't mind. Something I we've been working on that I want to share with the group is, uh, and, and pleased to introduce and announce it tonight. That is our new website. So we have been working on a web component for a while. We wanted a place where you can go and get all of the uh, Sons of UCF and Sons of UCF live stuff all in one place, podcasts, YouTube videos, all that stuff. So we have created our our own website. It is listed at twonightsmedia.com. I will send this out later. There is a, a new blog component, which Mike and I have each contributed one of our written content pieces to. You'll see all of our past episodes are here as well. All of our YouTube stuff is still a pictured a picture there. There's an About Us section. Trace Troco is featured. We found a, oh my goodness, a picture of that. Trace Troco. Uh, have you seen your bio yet, Trace? I don't know if you've I seen this. I have
3: seen none of these things. I'm surprised that Mike didn't lobby to show me in a hammock.
4: <laughs> well, I'm glad you mentioned that, because as we mentioned here, uh, you live in Sanford, enjoy spending time with your family in Colorado, usually found at a UCF press conference or resting comfortably in a hammock. Oh, um, there that we is go. That's my contribution your, to this. Yeah. In your official uh, two nights media uh, bio here. Uh, people may ask why two nights media, obviously me and Mike one too. We're both knights. There you go. Uh, and the media thing, who knows? We're not a media company, but if this thing ever expands, if we ever do something else, who knows? It gives us room for it. I think the thing we're most excited about is the, the blog element. Uh, it gives us a chance to write some stories, give you some, some, maybe some game stories, some opinion pieces, some long form stuff, some personal stuff. Mike's article here on Bored into a rivalry is a kind of a personal story about uh, the birth of his uh, his second daughter, uh, which has a UCF tie-in. My article is a little bit about uh, about Mike and I and how the show started. So uh, we're excited to launch it. It isn't not a perfect uh, a site just yet. We'll continue to make some updates and changes, but uh, we want to give everybody a, a one place that we can come find uh, our stuff here. So bookmark two That's where you can find it. You may see articles. Maybe Trace Choco pops up. Up with a guest article one day. You never really know, but uh, we'd appreciate anybody who wants to bookmark two nights and follow all of our stuff there.
0: It ain't us. It's the media. We're finally media now. I can't believe it. Uh, we've made it. We have our own website. It's very cool. And just another way for us to get and stay in touch with the fans and share things that we don't have time for on the show, like that story we wrote. And I have a bunch of other personal stories I plan on sharing with you guys and just other things along the way. And I'm excited to see where this thing goes.
4: Be warned for personal stories. Also, Bengals selected Jamar Chase. Also, Trace, one last thing, buddy. Unscripted. I know this is not on your rundown, but I've got to bring it up right here. A happy early birthday to our big friend, Mr. Trace Trelco, May the 2nd. Uh, Shout out to Nelson.
3: A, Nelson, Nelson. Also, I, I was going to get there. Yeah.
4: Uh, hat tip to Libby for the uh, for the info. Thank that, you, Libby. Uh, May the second, Trace <laughs> and our good buddy uh, Nelson both hit the big five zero. So Trace, an early happy birthday from Mike thank and you. I, and I'm sure all of Night Nation out there wishes you a happy birthday as well.
3: Thank you, thank you very much. I, by the way, am glad that you did go with the Sons of UCF as the name, because it would have made. For some awkward press conference introductions, Coach Malzahn, Trace Trolko, sons of Mike Krusek. I, think. I don't think anybody would have quite understood what it was all about. So,
4: if you want to use Two Nights Media now, you can you can sneak that one in there too, Trace. Now you have options. So we're, we did that for you, really. So you have options. Do we have to make new hats
0: and shirts now that say Two Nights Media. How are we going? What are we doing?
4: We do have a logo. Uh, so our good friend Chris uh, Chris Robinson from um, uh, from Chris Robinson Designs, he made us a logo. I'll, I'll see if I can. I can bring it up on screen there. I cannot cause it's behind Trace, Mike, and I. Uh, but uh, if we do have a two nights media logo that you will see. Actually, I guess I can bring up the small version. I can't, never mind. You can just get rid uh, of so us. There is logo. well then who are they gonna watch, Trace? I mean, the logo. They, they need actually if I get rid of me and you Hey just <laughs> me. <there's laughs> my, At it
3: was just a chair and a hat in Mike Square. <laughs> so we were that close to just a chair and a and a chair and a hat.
4: But big shouts to Chris uh, for, again, another awesome logo design. Uh, we appreciate his, uh, all of his hard work and his creativity.
3: You guys need to uh, perhaps update the stadium shot. It looks like a COVID-era stadium shot that you have on the main page.
4: W- working on it. Mike Mike sent a photo uh, in true Mike fashion like a week after the site went up. So I'll see if I can get that one loaded. <laughs>
3: yeah, a new um, picture of SpaceX Stadium by Elon Musk. <laughs>
4: I have you. I've been
3: drafted, folks. Sons of UCF, put the hat on. I Mike I just wants to make another box of hats that only he can win. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, beat I me he... in something. If anybody can beat me in some things, you guys got hats. I, I'm, I'm leaving this one wide open. You predict the draft, uh, you got yourself a hat. Oh, boy. You don't have to get one pick right.
3: And yeah. Mike won on Twitter. I thought
4: we traded that pick.
3: What was the question, Mike?
0: Who are you predicting from UCF? What team are they ending up on? Give us a quick one. Give us
3: a uh, one. I, I, I haven't analyzed that, but I'm going with four. Four is my number. I don't have uh, Otis making it, Greg making it. I think Marlon's going to fall out. And uh, between Trey and Jacob, I just uh, – I don't see them both making it. I want to be wrong. I want six to be – six or eight to be the correct answer, but I'm going to go with four. So I still went with the over in the poll. All right, Dolphins pick is in. Let us let us leave with the Dolphins pick having been made before we sign off. And uh
4: Hene Sewell. What do you think? Uh that's a good choice. They, they often like the offensive lineman. I uh Devonte Smith. Devonte Smith would be I'm gonna go Devontae Smith just because I don't want to do Yeah, the same wide
3: receiver. Wide receiver here.
4: Mac Jones, just sure. kidding.
3: So Justin Fields has still not been selected, so he's tumbling down this draft
4: board now. Is is it tumbling though? I think he was projected somewhere in top ten. I think he still got some spot. Watch out for the Patriots to to leap up. Patriots, mm. Mac Jones collision course.
0: Mm. Yeah, I hope it's not the Giants trading down because I don't want to stay up past like ten o'clock watching this thing. So.
4: Yeah, that's the. I'm glad the Cowboys suck this year because I can <laughs> I can get my pick in before like ten a.m. ten p.m. You won't can, be able, able so. to
3: fall asleep if you just leave that tie lit up. <laughs> fine. Wide <laughs> All right.
4: I think Roger Goodell Has ambled his way to the uh, a Rather elaborate stage setup Which looks like Are we like, going to get uh, sued
0: by the NFL for doing this? Or are we allowed to announce picks like this?
4: Great question
3: I would like to be sued by the NFL season <laughs> by the NFL
4: Shout out to the PubSub guy By the way who got sued from Publix And the pick is Jalen Waddell From Alabama Alright hmm. In an upset. He, he, even he looks surprised he just got picked.
3: <laughs> His suit game, though, on fire. Just like Mike. All no, right, guys. Mike's is
4: better. I can't see Mike's shoes. Though. Mike, what shoes do you have on?
3: You don't want to see. Are you wearing shorts? Okay. Are you wearing shorts? It all falls apart. It all falls
4: apart. There it is. There it is. You're lucky all if right. I'm
0: wearing shorts. I'm Porky picking it, baby. There's
3: nothing. <laughs> <on>. oh, <God. laughs> oh boy. Uh, that's counterprogramming right there uh, to the NFL draft. All right, guys. <laughs> it has been fun for Adam and Mike. I am Trey Strolko. Go Knights.
1: Charge Char- John.